0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. In this series, we've been talking about the DNA of relationships. How many of you have been here in this series? Have you learned something? Are you getting something out of this? I hope you are. You know, we said this, you know, in the the first part the opening of our series, we talked about, you know, that life is about relationships, isn't it? And that everything else is just the details. Because no matter where you go, no matter what you do, whether it's at home in the family, whether it's with your neighbors in the neighborhood, whether, uh, uh, you know, whether uh, you're at work, on the job site, wherever you are, we're interacting, we're dealing with people and their relationships there, isn't it? God made us, we saw this in Genesis, God made us for relationships, didn't He? And so, uh, rather than trying to hide from them, rather than trying to, you know, you know just to, uh, you know, go through life and be an island to ourselves, we want to learn how to have healthy relationships and to deal with those things in our life. In other words, take responsibility for our own stuff. Isn't that right? Last week, we talked about the fear dance, The fear dance, you know, the the fear dance where, you know, I hurt, I want, I want... You know, that need to be met because there's an area where I'm feeling either... I'm, I'm feeling insecure or I'm, I'm afraid that somebody's going to try to manipulate me or control me or whatever. I've got a hurt there. So, you know, I've got a want, my my want, I want, you know, I want to feel better. I want that to, to be resolved. So we, you know, a lot of times we look to other things to feel that hurt, feel that void. But then you fear as well, you know, the people I'm in relationship to, and they have a want and they have a need. And so all of a sudden, you know, things happen. You push my fear button, I react, I push your fear button and here the dance goes. You say something, I say something. You react, I react. And it usually, when that happens, it usually escalates and we all know about that dance, don't we? Now, speaking of dancing, you know, Learning to dance is hard for me, Cindy can tell you that. I just never seem to be able to get the rhythm between my head and my feet, you know. You know, I just can't get them in the sink, you know. (laughs) It always comes across so stiff and awkward. You know, so because of this, it's always left me feeling insecure, lacking confidence in that area. And so, you know, pretty much I've just given up on it, you know, after all these years. And you know, today we want to talk about in our relationships, learning some new dance steps. And sometimes in relationships, you might feel the same way. It might feel a little bit awkward trying to learn some new reactions, some new ways of, of responding and taking responsibility for my own stuff and my own fear buttons that are my own insecurities and things that are being, uh, the buttons being pushed when I'm in interaction. So, you know, it's easy sometimes and Hopefully nobody here has done it, but it's real easy to just kind of give up on it. You ever gave up on some stuff in your life and you just said, Well, I guess this is the way, (laughs) this is just the way it is. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning. It doesn't have to be that way. We can change. With the grace of God, the help of God, some information, we can change. So today we're going to look at breaking the rhythm of that old fear dance, you know. And I said this, you know, that that my fear is the music that begins the dance. As soon as you push my fear button, then all of a sudden, I react. I push your fear button, you react, and here we go. We're doing the dance. Where neither one of us take responsibility for our actions. And we also said this, remember this, we said that the person usually that we think is pushing our fear button, they're also the person that we're looking to to meet our need. Isn't that true? I react in a way to try to get you to change so that you'll meet my need. But when I do that, I push your fear button, and so you react in a way to try to get me to meet your need. But you know what? God hadn't called me to meet your need that way. And God hadn't called you to meet my need that way. we got to look to God to meet our need. And we got to become responsible for our own stuff. So let's talk about learning a, a new dance. First, as I said, fear is the music that starts the dance. Then what have I got to do to change the dance steps? Turn to Romans chapter 12. How do I learn some new dance steps? I have to take control of my thoughts my feelings, and my actions. This is the starting place. Romans 12, verse 2, he said, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Or we could say, to the old dance step of fear. Remember, God's not given us a spirit of, but of power, love, and a what? Sound mind. And see, we're going to look right here, we've got to learn how to have what a sound mind. A sound mind. He said, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the renewing of our mind means what? i got to learn how to control my thoughts, my feelings, and my reactions. And by the help of the Holy Spirit and the renewing of my mind, I can begin to... All of a sudden, there begins to be what the scriptures here call a Transformation. Now, this transformation comes from a word there uh, where we get the word metamorphosis. And so metamorphosis is a process of transformation. It's not an instantaneous transformation. I said before, you know, so many times in in dealing with with couples in, in counseling through the years in marriage counseling, you know, they want that other person to change like that. Come on. Because they've been dancing this fear dance with one another for so many years that they just say, you know what? If she would just change, pastor, if he would just change and get it together, everything would be good. Come on. But the truth is, if I would change first, things would get better. And have you come to this conclusion like I have that I can't change somebody else anybody learn that we found that out haven't we no matter how I act no matter how I react no matter how many temper tantrums I may throw no matter how angry I may get no matter how much I may give them the silent treatment it doesn't change them one bit Isn't that right Focusing on the other, wor- the, the other person's words, actions, attitudes, you know what? It takes away from my own power and I become weaker. Because I'll, remember we said in, in dealing with conflict in relationships, I've got to put myself in the picture too. So many times when you talk to people and and you're going to counsel people in close relationships, you know, when they come in, it's all about the other person. All they talk about is the other person, what they did, what they didn't do, what their attitudes are, what their actions were, what they said, what they said. And you know, you would think to hear them that they were just an innocent bystander. I was just standing here when all of a sudden this big meanie came in and treated me this way. I found that rarely in relationships when there's conflicts, there's problems, it's never about one person. It's never about one person. But that's that's our human nature. We want to just focus on what they do. You know, if they would just, and a lot of times that's what our reaction's about. We're trying to what? Manipulate them. We may not be aware of it, but manipulate them to act in a way that meets my need. But when I focus on myself, it empowers me. It empowers you to change and influence the relationship in a positive way. You know, we can choose to be either part of the solution or part of the problem. Come on. I, I, I wish I could say my track record was perfect, but of course, I know you're too smart to buy that anyway. But it's not. But, but I have found this out that. that 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 statement is true, that, that when I become part of the problem, when I allow my fear button and I don't take control of my own fears and insecurities and things in a conflict, then you know what? I usually, my reaction usually is like pouring gasoline on a fire. It just gets bigger. But I've also found out when I will take responsibility for my attitudes, my fears, my actions and reactions, what it has what? A dampening effect on the conflict. So that rather than me focusing on how I feel all the time, now I can listen to what the other person is saying. See, too often, you know, we unfortunately we've seen this. You know, in our country, everybody talking over everybody. Because we're all afraid. We, we all got our buttons being pushed. And we're all reacting instead of what? Taking responsibility for my own stuff and, and coming to a place to where what? We can have an open uh, communication and, and we can have an open dialogue with one another without feeling like we're going to kill one another. <laughs> Come on. So focusing on myself is what empowers. What my thoughts control what my feelings and emotions. This is why the Bible says the starting place is what is to get my mind renewed. The other person is not the problem. My fears are the problem. Remember Jesus said this. He said the enemy comes but he has no place in me. The Bible says perfect love turns out fear. Jesus had perfect love, so there was no place for fear, so there was no fear button for the devil to push. And see, the more you and I walk in love, grow in the love of God, and allow the love of God to rule in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our lives, then, you know, the less people can push a button to get me to react. You ever wondered when Jesus gave, uh, you know, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, he said, whoever hits you, slaps you on one cheek, turn the other one to him. Man, I remember the first time I read that, I thought, what? <laughs> i just, I thought, what? <laughs> I wasn't sure I ever saw anybody do that. I was pretty sure I would do it. Some of you know my testimony, when I, especially when I first got saved, man. I, you know, people had push my buttons and, and everything all my life, been, grew up in an abusive household, all this, so I had plenty of buttons to push, boy. And I'm telling you what, you push a button, it didn't take much, man. I'm telling you what, I wouldn't take nothing off of nobody. So when I read that, I mean, you know, I just newly got saved. I read that about turning the other cheek. I thought, man, <laughs> I, I don't know about this, Lord. I, maybe I need I need to, I mean, I mean, I think I need to get saved again, again. <laughs> Born again, again. Because, you know, I'm just being honest. That's how I felt. But see, here's the thing. When love rules me, Then when somebody does that, whether real or figuratively, rather than my reaction wanting to be what it used to be, I'm going to knock your block off. Or I'm going to pick up, if you're bigger than me, I'm going to pick up something and I'm going to get an equalizer. So Lord, you're the pastor. (laughs) But you know, when he says perfect love... See, I had not had my mind renewed. God's working on us. But see, it's that fear button. But when the love of God... We get our minds renewed. And we begin to understand that the love of God has been put in our heart. By the Holy Spirit who's indwelling us. And we allow that love to begin to flow through us. Through a renewed mind. And taking responsibility for my own stuff. Then all of a sudden... You know, when you, you push that fear button... I don't have the same response I had before. There's a different response to me. There's a forgiveness response. There's a long-suffering response. Mm, Awful quiet in here. See, my thoughts control my feelings and my emotions. And then also from that, reactions, attitudes, and emotions as a result of my thought. You know, here's the thing. Usually, what we think Comes out where? And where do we usually get in trouble? Proverbs over there says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. Ooh! Isn't that true? And you know, the thing about words is they're so powerful. Once they're out there, ooh, it's hard to get them back. Isn't it? You know, I know, be cleaning out in the yard in the summertime and everything. And, you know, uh, I was walking around the side of my house, and, you know, on the, on the back side there from the, the kitchen vent, you know, it's got that outside vent. You know what I'm talking about, you know, out there where the, the hot air, you know, it vents out. And I looked up there, and man, there's a whole bunch of red wash walking there. And I said, what is going on? You know, so I look closer. And man, those rascals had got up in there and built a big old nest. And so here's all those red wasps. You know what I'm talking about? The big ones. And you know, when one of those things sting you, woo! even after you've killed that sucker, it still hurts, don't it? And you know, that's the way it is. When we speak a word, it's like, you know, it's like that bee sting. You know, so, someone may go on their way. You may go on their, your way and say, okay, I forgive them. But, you know, that sting, that hurt is still there. And we have to deal with that. Forgiveness is the first step. But we have to deal with the, the emotions and the things that, uh, you know, that, that, that sting, that wrong, that hurt. If we don't get that, if we don't deal with it properly, that poison stays in us, doesn't it? The Bible calls it Bitterness. He said, be careful that you don't let a root of what? Bitterness come up in you. And it's so easy for that to happen. So we want to learn some new uh, dance steps so that what? We can begin to get our minds renewed. We begin to let the love of God rule in our heart. That means I've got to take responsibility for my fear button. Look in uh, 2 Corinthians 10 over there. I have to take responsibility. Remember we looked... In Genesis, remember that God, when he created Adam and Eve, he gave them the power of choice, didn't he? And he gave them also responsibility. He said, you have a responsibility. And you remember when they made a bad choice? You remember what they did with their responsibility? They pointed at everybody else. Adam pointed to Eve. Eden pointed to the serpent. and The serpent looked around. And there was nobody to point to. But see, that's what happens when, when we don't take responsibility for my own fears and my, my own hurts and my own insecurities and all those things in my life. When I don't take responsibility, then I start finger pointing at my spouse, at my dad, at my mom, at my boss, at my employees, at this one, at that one, at the other one. It's their fault. Awful quiet in here. But see, don't you realize that as long as you do that, you're saying you have the power to control me. All you got to do is push my button and watch me. I'm like a puppet. You push my button and that's it, boy. Things go into motion. Come on. I either go run, hide, or I attack. Come on. Or I spew some poison out of my mouth with words. Or I go off and salt. <laughs> when my button is pushed, I'm responsible for them. Second Corinthians 10 verse 5. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul, well let's back up to 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. What are the weapons of the world? Get even. <clears throat> tit for tat. You call me a name, I'll call you a worse name. You get mad at me, I get madder at you. You hit me hard, I hit you twice as hard. That's the way the world works. Get even. <clears throat> the weapons we fight with are, are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, what are these strongholds? Verse 5 We demolish arguments. Boy, we've been seeing a lot of that lately, haven't we? In our nation, arguments, a lot of that going on in relationships. <laughs> we and every pretension that sets its, <clears throat> pardon me, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We, now notice he said we take it captive we don't pray for God to take it captive I have to take it captive you have to take it captive personal responsibility in relationships I have to be responsible for my stuff, you have to be responsible for your stuff that's the starting place and he said we have to take some thoughts captive and there's not a one of us that does not have to take some thoughts captive, isn't that right? Because we get around, we begin to interact with people. Somebody says something or does something. You know, I I begin to recognize, okay, wait a minute. There's that button pushed. The thought comes up. Mm -mm. That's when you've got to do what? Take it captive. Because if you don't take the thought captive, it's going to come out down here at this cut below your nose. And once it's out, it releases something, doesn't it? It releases something. It can release hurt. It can release anger. It can release all kinds of things. Isn't that true? But see, if I take that thought captive by the Spirit of Christ, by the Word of Christ, I take that word captive, then what? That thing, what? It dies. And every time you take that thought captive, you weaken that attitude and that fear button in your life. But every time you just let it run, rough shot out your mouth, you're just empowering it. And you're saying to that other person, yep, you're still in control of me. Yep, all you got to do is push my button and watch me go. You know, when I grew up, now this is going to, Tell my age a little bit, but you know, when I was growing up, we had what they call wind up toys. Now, let me explain that for all you young people. <laughs> you know, the toys had a, a, a spring mechanism in them, in them that ran, uh, you know, a, a, a little clockwork type mechanism in them. You'd wind that up in that little toy, you know, might be a little toy tank or whatever, like that until it ran down. Then you have to wind it up again. <laughs> You know, But 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 here's the thing. Every time we take that thought captive, you know what we're doing? We're, we're disarming it. We're making it weaker. And just like that little wind-up toy, it'll come to a place to where it finally just goes. Mmm. It just runs down. It no longer has power. And so when that button's pressed, you know, all of a sudden, my spouse, it, you know, it can't, can't control me. My boss can't control me. I could really go meddling here, couldn't I? Hmm. Take a step back and think about, you know, your reactions and why. Why am I feeling this way? What emotions am I feeling? You know, you can do that. You're not at the mercy of the one who pushes your buttons. Are you listening? You're not. So don't give others that power over you. You can stop the dance. Only you can stop the dance. Are you listening? Only you can stop the dance. You know, if you want to keep doing the fear dance, just, you know, don't renew your mind. Don't take any uh, thoughts captive. Just speak. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm, this is just who I am. I speak my mind. Oh boy. I bet there's a trail behind you. That's just who I am. No, it's not. That's who you were. Yeah. But now, if any man, woman, be in Christ, they are a brand new creature. <laughs> we just got to educate our mind. <laughs> to let, hey, mind, this is how the new creature responds. This is how the new creature thinks. We don't think the way we did before. I don't let all those fears and hurts and insecurities control me anymore. By somebody pushing my button. Now, let me just say this: Don't look to others to make you happy. Now, I'm really going to upset the apple cart here, especially for all the married couples. Let me just touch on some mari- what I believe are marriage myths right here. And if any, really, it, this, this statement about not looking to others to make you happy. Listen, if you're single. And you're in a relationship or you're single and want to be in a relationship that leads to marriage, you need to it'd be good for you to know this right up front. First of all, in a successful marriage, this is a marriage myth. In a successful marriage, <clears throat> both spouses meet all the other's needs. That might be true in Cinderella. <laughs> I don't know. But it's not true in real life. If you're in a relationship and you're expecting that person to make you happy, you're living in a, I want to say a fool's paradise, but I don't take that personally. That's just not true. You're putting a burden on that other person in that relationship with you. That's an impossible thing for them to, to live up to. I can't make you happy. Come on. Here's another marriage myth. The best relationships complete those involved. A half becomes whole. Oh, boy. No. The Bible says, now you are complete in Christ. It didn't say, now you are complete in marriage. Now you are complete with, the, you know, that husband that you wanted. You know, I've found out a lot of things in life, sometimes the things you think you really want until you get them. You know why that's the case? Because you had a wrong, misapplied and misunderstanding about what that person was going to do in your life and do for your life. Now, the only person that can make you whole is Christ. The Holy Spirit, he's the only one that can make you whole. He's the only one that can complete you. Here's another myth. The best way to find a best friend is to look for someone who can make you happy. Well, there's a wonderful narcissistic way to enter into a relationship. It's all about me. Man, don't you want to be my friend? Cause I'm telling you what I got to have my way you got to agree with me you got to think like I think or I'm not gonna be happy and I'm not gonna be your friend you want a friend like that holy cow no, see, that's, that's foolish to think that. But so many times, people in relationships, especially married couples or, or, or those who, who are engaged, or maybe you're in a dating relationship, they've got these, these, I don't know, I don't know if they're romantic novels or Hollywood ideas or whatever. We ought to certainly know Hollywood ain't got a clue about relationships, <laughs> shouldn't we? I mean, you don't have to be too smart to figure that out. Good, grace is alive. They want to tell us how to live. They, they need to get a hold of their own stuff, just like we got to get a hold of our stuff before we start telling somebody else how to do it, right? All right. Your fulfillment is not the job of someone else. Now, listen carefully to this. It is yours under God. Your happiness is your, depends on you under God. Remember, he said, you get your mind renewed. You take captive those wrong thoughts. Hello? Those thoughts that come up say, you're no good. You're not valuable. You're not worthwhile. Nobody likes you. Nobody's ever liked you. You don't even like you. Come on. You got to take those thoughts, what, captive and bring them, what, into obedience. Otherwise, you're never going to be happy. You know, I, I say this all the time humorously, you know, The problem with trying to get away from myself is that wherever I go, there I am. (laughs) You know, you can't get away from yourself, can you? You might can get away from other people for a time, but you cannot get away from yourself. And that is where the issue is. My unhappiness lies what? In myself. I haven't gotten my mind renewed. I'm not taking the thoughts captive. So every fear thought, every thought that says I'm no good, that says I'm inferior, that all of this stuff that says I'm a, a failure, you know, going somewhere to happen, all those kind of thoughts. If you don't take them captive, you're never going to be happy. Thank you. You are responsible under God, listen, to receive all his riches to supply all your needs. Philippians, let's turn over there. Now, I know we usually take this as an offering thing, and Paul is talking about money in this particular case. But it's nevertheless a principle. It's a principle. There I am. Wherever I go, there I am. 419. 419, notice what he says here. He said, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Another place in Thessalonians, Paul said this. He said, I pray God sanctify you completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body. So God's grace is sufficient and is designated to meet every need of the human condition. For my mind, my will, my emotions, what the Bible calls the soul. For my spirit, where the Holy Spirit is residing, where the love of God is residing. In my body, in my relationships with one with another. God wants to bring healing and wholeness. And He has supplied through Christ Jesus, by His grace, everything that I need. Peter said it this way, for life and for godliness. And part of what life is about, a lot of what life is about, almost everything that life is about is relationships. Isn't that right? To look to anyone else to make us happy, you know what it does? It sets us up for disappointment. I tell people this all the time. You know... This, and let me say this, I meant to say it earlier, but for all of you, everyone uh, last Sunday, for all your notes, your cards, your gifts, everything, we appreciate it so much. Amen. Thank you so much. What an what, what encouragement that was. What a blessing that was. And we appreciate that. And if you haven't already, we, we sent you a little card to each of you to thank you for it. If you haven't got it yet, you'll, you'll get it soon. But, uh, you know, I said this to people, you know, uh, being a new pastor... You know, here at a church, it's kind of like, you know, we we liken it to like a honeymoon. You know, when couples get married and they go on the honeymoon, oh man, they're looking at everything through rose colored glasses. They're staying in the nicest place. They went on a wonderful, beautiful trip or a cruise. They dressed to the nines. I mean, everything's great. Every meal is a romantic meal, everything is wonderful. But you know what? That's not real, is it? I mean, you know, what they're doing is real. That's I'm not saying that's bad, but that's not life is not that way, is it? Marriage is not that way. You know, and I and I say this, you know, to people too, you know, once you get past the honeymoon and you begin to really get into a relationship and you begin to see, you know, all the flaws and everything and the things that are not right about that other person. And see, that's it's the same way, the same relationship about you know with a church and a pastor. I told people you know when you we first come on, you know it's like a honeymoon. Everybody thinks you hung the moon. <laughs> they think you're wonderful, you know, because you hadn't been there long enough to to mess anything up. <laughs> y'all laughing, y'all know I'm telling the truth, right? But I told those people, I said, just wait till I do something you don't like, then we'll see. <laughs> Isn't that right? Because we're human. And, and, and that's real. When we're dealing with relationships, we have to deal with that. We're dealing. I'm imperfect, you're imperfect. We're dealing with that situation. And if we don't bring the wisdom and the knowledge and the love of Christ Jesus into that relationship, I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be rocky at best. But I got to look to God to make me a whole person. What happens if I become a whole person in Christ? You become a whole person in Christ, and you know, we 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 have less and less of those buttons that we can press and push. Man, that's going to just make our relationship. Man, that's going to make it great, isn't it? It's going to make it great because you know, all of a sudden now, you know, with the love of God, me taking captive those thoughts up here, all of a sudden now. You know, when you try to press my button, there's no button there to press. If I can't get offended, how can we have a disagreement? Right. <laughs> Let's talk a minute about becoming an adult. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Mm. Becoming an adult. <laughs> Turn over to First Corinthians 13 read a verse there. Apostle Paul is speaking here. He said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now, here's what I found about disagreements and relationships and things like that. You know, uh, Thirty-five years of ministry, you do, you do some some marriage counseling. You know they come in there, and I'm telling you what, you know. And let me just back up here. I'm not surprised the way sometimes the way some people's kids turns out because I see how they are. I'm going to meddling now, hadn't I'm not looking at anybody. But here's the thing: if you got two children trying to raise children, it's hard. Isn't that right? And see, a lot of this stuff it, 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 it's because we haven't matured, we haven't matured in our souls with our emotions, and taking personal responsibility in some areas, that takes maturity. We have to be an adult. God, the Bible says we need to grow up. We can't you ever seen, you know, you know, kids you know, uh, until they're, they're taught and instructed and disciplined in the right way, naturally, this is not, doesn't mean that your kids are bad or my kids were bad, but I noticed it with mine. when mine were little, they tended to be very self-centered. You know, you could have ten toys there and two kids, but guess what they wanted? Didn't matter about those other nine, we both want this one. And I didn't want this one till I knew he wanted this one. <laughs> you know, We got to grow up past that, don't we? He said he said he said I became. So here's the thing. This is a process that we're growing and maturing, not only spiritually, but we're growing emotionally and socially. That's part of Christianity too. We're a whole person. We're made to be whole. We're made to be integrated. So here's a good step to begin with, becoming an adult in this area. Give to God all your expectations that people, places, or things will bring you lasting happiness and fulfillment. Are you listening? Man, oh man. You ever got a new car? Woo, man. Remember that new car smell? Man, you open that thing. You're there at the showroom at the dealership, man. and You know that guy just. Slip in here, Mr. Brazil. Man, you're looking good in that thing. Gee, man, you are touching that leather. Oh, that smell. Look at all these gadgets. Woo! This thing got technology. Woo. You can Bluetooth. Got a backup camera. Got sensors on it. Man, oh man. Heated seats, cooled seats. Man, oh man. That almost, as a matter of fact, it will park itself. <laughs> Man, you take another whiff of that new car smell. Man, that thing is nice. And you you sign on the dotted line, you bring that thing home, and you're just so happy, so happy, so happy. You know, three years down the line, that backup camera ain't working. (laughs) Can't get that Bluetooth to work right. But you're still making that payment. You're not nearly as happy as you were on that showroom floor, are you? You, can, you know, you can't, things can't make you happy. It's temporary. Don't get fooled into that. Don't look to people, places, things. God's the only one that can bring you that, that, that kind of peace and joy and happiness that doesn't fade. We're talking about becoming an adult. i got to hurry up here. Stress is the gap between our expectations and our reality. Stress is the gap between my expectations and my reality. We all have expectations in relationships, don't we? Oh, he, Pastor, he's just so wonderful. <laughs> you know, talking to people in premar- premarital counseling, you know, they, they oh, come talk to me about marriage. Oh, but he's just so about three years later, you're like that person with that car experience. (laughs) Pastor, talk to this knothead. (laughs) And you're all stressed out. Why? Because you had an expectation, but the reality is different. And sometimes it's not only just because... The issues that that person you're in relationships dealing with is also about your issues. And it's also about a misplaced expectation on the other person. Boy, this is good, Pastor. <laughs> I know it's not stuff we want to shout about, but it's, it's, it's where we live. Realize that everything negative that happens to us, God can change it and be, it can be reformed into something what? Positive. Anybody in here ever had something done wrong to you? Anybody ever had something done wrong to you? It wasn't your fault. You ever been misunderstood? I can just go on right on down the line. We'll just keep our hand up. Okay. You know, I, I, I think it was Einstein who said, to keep doing the same thing and expect different results is a sign of insanity. And that's the way the fear dance does us. We have an expectation that this person, you know, if they, God, you know, and man, we're praying and fasting and casting out devils and binding and loosening, you know, to get that other person up to snuff. <laughs> Come on. Man, we're just, oh, man, i have mean, fasting for that knothead for 10 days, and they ain't, ain't changed a lick. <laughs> Come on. Well, I certainly believe in prayer and fasting, but it doesn't work in that area. They have to take responsibility. But you, can, you know where, where all that praying and fasting would help? In your life. In your life. And it, you know, it's an amazing thing. I found out when I deal with my stuff, that it's amazing how other people's stuff doesn't seem quite so big as I thought it was. All of a sudden, you know, I begin to see, hey, there's a lot of good qualities there. There's a, that, that's somebody that, just like me, had some buttons there, had some issues there. But you know what? They're really good people. They're good people. They're not, this, they're not my problem all, at all. Or as Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Isn't that true? James 1, 2 says this, he said, Count it all joy when you run into what? Tests and trials. Where most of your tests and trials come from? Relationships. Why, why, why is divorce so rampant in our nation? Because that's our solution. Our solution to our relationship problem in the natural is Get rid of him, get a new one. Get rid of her, get a new one. But the only problem is, is you get a new one, part of the old one is in with the new one. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> Whichever way it's working. That's why, you know, you, you, you read, you know, in Hollywood, God bless them. But, you know, why, you know they've been married and divorced ten times. Why? Because they keep bringing the old stuff into the new one. <laughs> Let me encourage you here, real quickly. Recruit some assistants in helping you to, to, to take responsibility for your own stuff. It can be a spouse or a close friend. Share your buttons with them. What, 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 what are your buttons? Your fear buttons that people press all the time. Maybe those closest to you. But remember, you're still personally responsible for your own thoughts, actions, and attitudes. Assistance. Can have the power to help influence but not control or make your own decisions for you. But you know, we can, rather than us fighting with those who are in that close relationship with us, why not recruit them as assistants to help me in taking responsibility for my own stuff? And then all of a sudden, instead of us doing this with one another, you know, we're always butting heads, we're doing this. We're helping each other, what? To change. And of course, the grace, the love, and the power of Christ is in the middle of that. As believers, isn't that right? I can tell you this, that you're going to have to choose to walk in forgiveness if you're going to do this. Forgiveness disarms and dis- de-escalates the conflict. Forgiveness removes the venom of words and actions. Forgiveness pushes the reset button in your relationship. Hello? Remember, I said this is a process. I, you know, I wish. Well, no, I don't. Not really. I started to say, I wish, you know, I could just pray for you one time and that'd be it. But that, that, no, that was the case. Everybody looked to me instead of God. But you know, sometimes we think if we could just get the right people or the right person, you know, to lay hands on us and pray for us, and wow, man, I mean, the power of God had hit me, and I'd, man, I'd, I'd do it. But that won't do it. You and I have to take personal responsibility. And so as we do this, you know what? We, we, we're learning, we're growing, we forgive one another. And when I forgive one another, when I truly forgive another person, it pushes the reset button in that relationship. This is why, as Christians, you know, our first response is not, I'm going to take you to court. I'm talking about divorce court here. That's it. I've had it. No, what do we do? We forgive. And now, what Jesus said? He said, Paul wrote and he said, Just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you, so forgive one another. Somebody says, yeah, but pastor, he did me wrong. Well, obviously, otherwise there wouldn't be a reason to forgive. Isn't that right? I mean, you don't have to forgive somebody for doing something right. (laughs) James said this. He said, confess your wrong." One to another, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. What? That you may be what? Healed. Now, I think he's talking about people in close relationships. I'm not just going to go and just find a total stranger and begin to just pour out my heart to them about all this stuff. And I wouldn't suggest that you do that either. Although, you know, that's your decision. But he's talking about those that we're in relationship with, those that we're close to, those that we have that relationship. We need to be able to what? To share those things with somebody that's in a close relationship, close enough and enough love there that I can share that and they can share with me and we can pray for one another. What? So that what? We can become healed. We can become whole people. You know, I'm talking a lot of this about families and about couples, but you know, this is also true about churches. Applies across the board. You know, in 35 years, I've never seen a church split happen because people loved each other so much. Oh, I love you so much, we're just going to leave. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Never seen a divorce happen that way. Oh, I just love you so much, that's it, I'm out of here. You laugh because you say, "But hey, that's the deal." It confess your wrong one to another. He said, "Now let me give you some action steps, because we're gonna we're gonna have communion here, then then we're gonna let you go." Action steps: Take time this week to reflect on your fear buttons. Man, just this week, you know, I had to do that because I got my button pushed. I'm like, "Don't worry, it wasn't Cindy." Inquiring minds want to know, I'm sure. <laughs> but we have to take inventory of our fear buttons, don't we? We feel insecure. We feel like a failure. We feel that we have no worth. And people say things and push that button. Take, take, you know, reflect on them. I mean, how can I take them captive if I don't recognize something's wrong here? Then make the decision to take back your personal responsibility for your feelings, your words, and your attitudes. No matter what somebody how somebody treats me or what they say, I still am responsible for how I reacted. I, I'm responsible. Recruit an assistant, somebody close to you, to whom you can share your fear buttons, and who can help you in learning some new dance steps in your relationship. Maybe it's your spouse if you're married, your best friend, or you know if you're if you're in a dating relationship maybe that it, that relationships come to a place where you can do that but find somebody and then finally realign your expectations for your happiness from others to god see cuz if I'm looking for you to make me happy and you're constantly making me unhappy in my mind you're failing <laughs> i give you a big fat elf but when i'm looking to god as my source of happiness and not you, then I have not misplaced my expectations, but I placed my expectations what, on God. And then in that relationship together with you, what we're going to help one another to grow so that we're not always pushing each other's fear button and doing that old fear dance. We're going to do a new dance, a dance of forgiveness, a dance of understanding. We're going to grow up, become adults, become responsible for my own actions and reactions. I'm going to remember that, you know what? I don't have to allow anybody else to control my attitudes. But I can look to God. I can look to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word.